Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Figueroa and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone out there in this big world. Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Megan. And we are glad you can join us as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more, more, more. <laughs> you like my echo chamber? Uh-huh. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it? it was really good. More, more, more. <laughs> so, hey, uh, so I just want to let the world know. <laughs> what? I mean, you rocked it out today working with one of our clients and taking them through something, and you just crushed it. Thanks. It was I mean, fun. You, you crushed it. Like, I left you. <laughs> you did. You abandoned me. I just You're split. like, bye. I was like, you got this. Oh, I mean, you mean that thing we scheduled? Yeah. I scheduled something yeah. over that. But in all fairness, <laughs> we did pre-talk about it the we day did. before. Yep. day before. Mm-hmm. But you had it. Yeah, I was ready to go. And you just crushed it. Yeah. So what did it feel like? Felt great. Like, well, okay, great. <laughs> like, is there anything that goes with it? Any sprinkles on top? <laughs> I mean, no, it was awesome. So I took them through, it it was kind of two different exercises um, within two and a half hours uh, over lunch. And it was just great. Everybody was super engaged, um, just talked through a great team building exercise and then um, some more practical things, helping them get their arms around uh, the inner workings of their business. And it was, it was great. It was one of those things where, you know, you don't know what you're capable of until you're stretched. So it was really fun. And you didn't pop. I didn't. You know, it's cool that like while you were talking, we should have had that. I need a hero. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. That music. Holding just... up for a hero. And it's yeah. Like, <laughs> but like that music should have been on on, you know it probably yeah it probably should have been or you know or believe it or not i'm walking on air yeah anyways no but i'm really i'm like no for real though yeah you rocked it and i'm (laughs) i'm i'm really like anyways i'm just like i love it because you know a lot of people they try to like there's no comparison. I mean, like we're we're working with content, we're working with principles, we're mm-hmm. working with, you know, people, and you know, it's not about reproducing the same thing that someone else will do, but it's just being you. So we're not changing any of that stuff, but like sometimes you're going to be better. And I feel like today was one of those moments that you just did it, and your delivery was better, would was necessary and better than the way I would have done it. So. I applaud you. I stand thank up. Thank you. There's crowd noise going on right now. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to say that. Aw, thanks, Tim. You're That's welcome. So nice. You're welcome. Uh, well, we have a great guest today, Melissa Knoss. Uh, but before we get to the episode, I have a question for Tim. And I'm ready right now. <laughs> Go. Okay, so we all know that Halloween is tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. And so I... Is it because you see my costume? I mean... <laughs> I've been wearing Which it all one? month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what is the craziest prank you ever played on someone? 
At Halloween time? No, just any time. But just because, you know, trick or treat, pranks. Like prank. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so most of mine can't be aired. <laughs> okay, that's not the one. So let me think of one that I could actually share a prank. Um, okay, I have done this. Uh-huh. I have um, taken, like, let's just say, um, some saran wrap and laid it over a toilet bowl. <laughs> And I just spread it over there, put the lid down, Yeah, you know, and let's just say someone used the bathroom, but here's the bad part. Yeah. It was some of my guy friends. And so I was expecting them to, you know, pee. Yeah. Onto the saran wrap. Yeah, it didn't. Nope. No, they sat down. <laughs> and so everything that they were doing just kept building up on yeah. them. So it was, that wasn't... That wasn't really, really, <laughs> it was a good prank. Yeah, but isn't it funny to just, like, think about the different pranks that you pulled? I mean, like, you toilet paper people's houses or, I don't know, like, I when I was in, I think, like, 7th, 8th grade, junior high, we <laughs> at sleepovers, we would freeze, like, bra and panties. Just, like, put them in the freezer. On, on friends? Yeah, it was hilarious. And they like you'd and, put it back in their clothes? No, like it'd be, so basically like you would freeze it overnight and then in the morning where they're like, where are my mom panties? Like I gotta get dressed. You'd be like, check the freeze. And that's where they would be? Yes. And this is what you did in junior high? Yeah, well because that's like when girls kind of like start wearing that stuff. So it's just kind of like you don't really need it. I don't know, it's funny. Okay, whoa. So, <laughs> okay, I have a daughter who's seven. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to She's like far off from that, and that was like what we did. I mean, that was a long time ago. I was in junior high a long time ago. So, I mean, no, you were just like there like ten years ago. <laughs> uh, no, like ni- mid nineties. I still am gonna. I'm still going to like. I'm writing this down on my list of things that when my daughter's in junior high, I'm gonna tell her look. <laughs> Keep them on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her like a little fire safe, <laughs> so when she goes to do a sleepover, she puts all that stuff in the fire safe. She can idea. lock it. That's a good idea. You know, and just hide the key, yeah. so nobody but can find it. That was always sleepovers in junior high. That was like prime time for playing pranks on other kids, like your friends. Like you do funny stuff if they fell asleep. No, I'm. I just don't know if that's called friendship. <laughs> It's friendship. I'm just it's like that thing. It's like, you know, a little boy likes a little girl. He like, you know. Hits shoot, her. Shoots her with like, yeah, hits her with like. A gun or something. Yeah. Or like a spitball. Like that's how uh, my friend Heather, like her, my best friend growing up in eighth grade, like her now husband. Spitball Literally her? like hit her with a spitball. It was love at first. That just makes you want to date. <laughs> I know. And get married. It's so awesome. Does she have a spitball ring? <laughs> Did he like give her a diamond like covered with a spitball? Oh my god, it's so funny. Okay. <laughs> so listen, so the Melissa, our guest, yes. here's what I liked about her. Okay. So she had this great idea and for herself and what she invented, which our listeners will hear. But and with this whole patent process and all that. But what I like is she got very specific. She was like, hey. I can take this idea around innovation. I'm a woman. You like, there's ways to do things. You need to have resources. And she literally took that and put it to work. She didn't overcomplicate it. She mm-hmm. didn't overthink it. She just went to work. And I wonder sometimes if that's what most people miss is that 
um, you know, all of the um, obstacles and things that we throw out there mm -hmm. that a lot of them can be overcome if, mm -hmm. if, if you really just took the time to just like take some action with it. And that's what I think is the most impressive. Like mm -hmm. I got from her was just that willingness to not only just say, I can do this, but I'm going to teach you that you can do it too. But now she guides people in this whole process. And I just think that's just hands down, like amazing to me. Yeah, and she really focuses in on the idea of just doing the work. And she talks about knowledge is power and go and do the research. Don't just don't just have this fear for no reason based on your misconception about what it means to innovate or patents keep you from sharing that idea with the world. So true. So true. Put it out in the world. So, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at Tim at UphillConversations.co or Megan at UphillConversations.co on Twitter at UphillConvo or on Instagram. You can go on there as well and send us your boo picture. <laughs> your Halloween boo. You know? Like, what is your costume? What are you I wearing? Know. Like, right We're going to have to do a post with, like, costumes on or but something. I told you I've been wearing mine all month and you can't even recognize it. I'm, I'm dressed as me. <laughs> I am me. Like, yeah. uh, well, a little different today, but I'm me. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but we would love to send us a picture. You know, show yeah. us what you're doing, what you look like. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. And um, and we hope that you have a very safe Halloween. Don't eat too much candy mm -hmm. if you're going to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> All right. Well, without any further delay, let's jump into this episode with Melissa Knoss. Welcome to the show, Melissa. How is everything going in your world? Everything is wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And a little, kind of a little comedy for our listeners. We had a little bit of fun with technology uh, in trying Lots to get on fun. this call today. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, couldn't figure out how to connect via Skype, but now we are all good to go. So, uh, Melissa, it would be great if you could give our listeners just a little bit of detail about uh, what you're doing and who you are and the impact uh, that you're bringing to the world. Okay. Yes. Um, thank you again. I'm super excited to be on Uphill Conversations. And my name is Melissa, and um, I'm the CEO of Go Girl Innovation. And Go Girl Innovation is a online library for women in innovation. And to teach them step-by-steps on um, becoming not only an entrepreneur, but also um, um, beginning to get more women into innovation in patent design. And my history uh, a little bit is that I own um, a design patent. It's a mascara applicator. And um, and there isn't a lot of actual women who own um, patents, especially design patents. And, and so I thought this would be um, a wonderful source for me to do a website to help women um, in innovation and also become entrepreneurs and own their own businesses. I love that. And going a little bit further into that idea of innovation, it's obviously a big part of your business and it's an area you said you you help other people with. So what drew you to that space? Because innovation, innovate, it's it's a buzzword right now. Uh, so what what's really unique that you bring and what drew you to want to get into that space? Okay, well, um, the short story is when I was um, when I was when I was in college, I 
I got an eye infection called blepharitis. And um, blepharitis is from um, a, a lot of, um, of infections, uh, including blepharitis, is caused by um, old makeup and mascara. And so um, once I learned this, um, I thought there's got to be a better way than just looking at the expiration date because most of us, as you know, as women, we don't look at the expiration date all the time because if there's more than a half a tube left in the mascara tube, we're going to use it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> any makeup in general, correct? And so um, I I was like, there's got to be a better way. I can't, you know, I was asking my friends and, you know, and you and not only just major infections like blepharitis, but you can also get styes in your eyes and get lots of things, you know, from also, um, especially as you remember, as a college student, you guys share makeup. And, um, and I just thought, you know, um, the razor blade a long time ago, men had to clean it and that, you know, they had to, you know, not buy a new one very often. And it was just very uncleanly. And then I thought of the exact same concept of having uh, a disposable mascara wand that already has preloaded mascara in the cartridge, just as um, the razor blades, and you get a fresh um, application with one click every day. That's really cool. You know, um, now as a non-user of mascara, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, um, I don't need them. I, I have very long eyelashes. And so when I was a kid, I used to um, I used to not like them. My mom would be like, oh, your eyes are so you know, pretty and blah, blah, blah. One day I cut them off. I got in a lot of trouble from my mom. <laughs> this was terrible. But I used to travel in a, uh, in a band in the um, late 80s and the 90s. And so um, I didn't have to use mascara, but they would put eyeliner on, you know. And I guess you don't think about that. I mean, I would have never thought like that expires and the expiration date. So it, as part of that, when you when you discover this, you went through this whole um, which is great. It's a meaningful coincidence. I mean, it's a very good thing. It's a very important thing that you've discovered. And I love how it turned your mind into even this innovation that, hey, you know, some of the best things that we all have today, some of the greatest products that we even experience or engage are people going through something in their life and then they they find their own process of discovery. And so I guess like, you know, in that whole um, you know, that realm of, of finding something simple and bringing it to the forefront to work on. And even as you went through your own, um, you know, this physical condition or whatever was happening to your eye, and that led you toward being innovative. Is that part of the process? Do you, like, how do you guide, um, like, your clients or women in your, um, this Go Girl innovation? Do you tell them, like, when they come to you, do they come with an idea? Or do you say, hey, ideas are all around you? Like, what do you do to help them connect to the thing that's actually closest to them without them having to, like, dream for this over-the-top thing that, you know, they may never reach or achieve, you know? Well, I think there's um, major um, misconceptions in regards to patents. Some of the best patents is not reinventing the wheel. Like, I think a lot of people sit back and think, oh, well, I don't have the imagination or I don't have the knowledge or I don't have the engineering background to to design something and, and make it patentable. But actually, um, as as I said before, having two items and combining them into one or readjusting something that's already on the market to make it better is the best patents. Wow. So it's like a continuous so, improvement model. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and those really are, not only are they the best patents to have, they're, um, they're the most ones that get licensed and, um, um, 
you just, uh, you, I feel like a lot of people um, are overconsumed with, with all the minute details. And actually, um, they're, they're, you don't have to have all the, the brand new extreme details in designing um, a design. Um, a lot of the times you pick different things and then put them together or like, like I said before, just actually, you know, make it better. Wow. So do you, do you like help them find like partners? Because obviously maybe they also may struggle with like, how do I put those two things together? So do you help them to think through like who can actually make this for them and who can, or who can work with them to make it like in the hands-on part of it and, and for them to be involved in it, to, to turn it into a real experience and journey as well. Like, do you walk them through all of that as you're presenting to them and bringing them into this education and getting this understanding from you? Like, Tell them a little bit more about that. Like, how do you get them in and walk them through and different things that you would do to kind of take some of the angst off of it once they have the idea? Right. Um, first of all, um, I ask a lot of questions because I think that's the most important is, especially with with any company or any business, a lot of the times when, you, when you're teaching someone or when you're helping them, the best thing to to know is to listen to them. And so some of the, some of the things and questions that I ask is I, I ask, you know, I teach them the step-by-step -step processes and, um, I give, I give them advice. Um, and I also ask, like I said before, lots of questions of knowing and understand your product, like understanding, you know, the target market and who's the best competition and have you done your research? And it goes beyond, like I, like I was saying before, um, um, of the, of the minor details. It's the step-by-step -step to see if it's actually, um, a product that, that could become to market. You know, we go on, um, we go on the U S patent website together and we research and research and research and see if it's even, see if it's even available. And then, and then I show them after that step, the little steps that they can do in regards to market. Um, for example, with my marketing, you know, um, and my investigation of research, uh, a long time ago, I went to the mall and I asked women, I asked them very specifically, you know, what do you think of this idea? Would you use it? Would you want to have a fresh, um, mascara applicator every single day? You know, have you ever had any eye infections? And, um, I would, I coach them to make sure that they do the research first before, um, they put into the time and energy and money into the final patent process. That's really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, and Melissa, I think it's it's really cool that hands-on approach and how you really walk with your clients and put your boots on the ground along with them. And I'm curious, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a coach, and you share in your materials that you have this learning by doing approach. And it, when I really thought about that, I think so often people can feel intimidated or insecure to admit that maybe they don't know. Uh, don't know something and maybe they they aren't experienced or don't feel comfortable with that idea of failing forward. So how do you work with people to allow them to feel okay with that and work and work with that uncertainty or that perceived lack of experience to really help them to bring out what's within them? Well, um, I really think that um, there's fear in all of us no matter what we start or what we do. And do you know what? Knowledge is power. 
And I, I know that's um, something that lots of people say, but they say it for a reason. If you don't know something, go find a mentor, go to the library, you know, go, go figure it out. And, and then also, um, and there's so much research online and, um, and uh, speaking engagements like what I'm doing. And it teaches people, you know, um, the steps to follow. So that way they don't have that fear of the unknown. And there's so many books on innovation and there's so many books on design and, um, and growing your business and um, being an entrepreneur. I mean, it's, it's um, if people just put the effort out there and, and a little bit of time and doing research or finding a good mentor to ease their, their fears, I think it's, um, I think, I think it um, calms them a little bit. And also when you do your research, sometimes things don't work out and that's okay. And it's just your life and your vision um, and kind of like the world pushing you in the next direction. And sometimes that next direction is where you're, is what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to build and who you're, and who you're supposed to be. So, so what do you think holds people back from investing that time and doing that research? Well, I mean, I think a lot of the times people get overwhelmed with their thoughts and they overthink things instead of doing them. Sometimes you just need, sometimes you just need to do them. And so break out certain parts of the day. I, I always recommend, you know, having, um, having a to-do list, a journal and writing things down because it's, it's proven theory that when you write things down, it, it gets in your brain more than just thinking them. And so I would, so what I do is I give them a to-do list of every single day, or if they don't have time every day, it's Tuesdays or Thursdays, you know, this is what you're going to do. And what did you, and what did you find out, um, in regards to the history that you looked upon, of, of your, of, let's just say, of an example of your invention. And um, what are the, the continual steps that you found out that, that you could put in the patent versus you can't put in the patent? So, yeah. I, that's great because um, I'm, a, I'm a leader, communicator, and an artist. Those are my nouns. And, you know, um, I'm all, you know as, as a musician, things I've done with music, um, I do, I write, you know, I, like, I do a lot of, um, well, more so in the past, but public speaking. And, um, but it's, it's interesting, you know, people say, Hey, let me bounce my thoughts off you. And they just talk. Right. But talking is one thing, at least you get it out of your mind a little bit and you can work it out in a conversation, but nothing beats. I tell people nothing listens better than a blank sheet of paper. And it, you really go into a deeper engagement with what it is that you're writing down. And it's so interesting because you also get this calm and this, this relief almost that you can walk away. And then in your subconscious, your mind can work. So, you know, in your subconscious, you can do other things inside, even while you're sleeping, that still gets to work with that because you've, you've made it more internalized. You've written it down. And uh, so I just think that's amazing that you really keep that it's a lost art. Writing is a lost art. People just don't do enough of it. So I, I think that's wonderful that you do that. I do. I, I want to know, though, what barriers did you face? Like, what was like, if you could tell us, like, in this process, so you had this infection in your eye and you're going through this stuff and you're like, hey, I want to do this, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a solution to this. What were some of the big barriers, right, that you had to face um, in, in that process, like some of the biggest ones. But then I also want to ask you this, when did it click? Second question, part of it would be, when did, when did it all click for you? And you're like, this is all coming together. 
Yes, um, I'll tell you a little story, and I think it would help um, for the audience too that you don't have to be, you know, in the middle of an amazing place and get this idea. Um, I was actually—I have four children, and so I'm very busy, but I'm really good at time management skills, <laughs> and so that helps. But um, also, I was at one of my really good friends' little girl's birthday party, and her dad and her husband are both patent attorneys. Okay. So, um, and then it just so happened that I was telling her in this little play date that we were having, um, right before the birthday party of this, this idea. And, you know, I just kind of sloughed it off and, and she's like, no, I think that's really good. And you know, that my father and my, my husband's a patent attorney, and I think you should bring it up during, you know, their birthday party. I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to bother them. It's just a silly idea. And it just came to me about because I was very angry. I couldn't wear my con when I was 20 years old, I couldn't wear my contacts for a year <laughs> because of this eye disease that I got. And, um, and so I'd wear glasses and, you know, being, being younger in college, that's not the one thing that you want to do is wear your glasses for an entire year. <laughs> and so anyway, so I was, I, and then, and then I went to the, the, the party and the birthday party and I talked to her dad and he was, um, one of the number one most successful, um, patent attorneys in Dallas, Texas, and which is where I was living at the time. And, um, and I, I told him and I didn't think that, you know, he would come back and everything. He's like, I want you to, I want you to sketch me some things. Hun. And I'm like, okay. And so I sketched him some, you know, some grads, some, some ideas and sketched them in different ways of, you know, connecting it to the eyelash curler also, because that is a major way of curling your eyelashes and eyelash curler. And I feel to get a beautiful eye, it's very important. So not only did I, you know, did I do the attachment on that? I also did an attachment on, on a single wand that you click on and click off hmm. the brush. And so, um, he, he believed in me and he was my mentor and I had somebody to, to, to have these ideas and off and on. And I knew that he would tell me the truth. Um, I, I knew that he just wasn't wanting money because he didn't actually hardly charge me. And he showed me every step of the way to kind of do it myself. And I think that's what the most thing is, is to find somebody who's kind of already done it, who's already made the mistakes in business. Um, if you're lucky, they've made lots of mistakes. So that way you don't have to make those exact same mistakes. So make your own, but not those. And um, it'll be quicker in regards to success. And I truly feel that like he believed in me. And then I met with a venture capitalist to answer your second question. And then I was thinking, oh, we get along really well. The, you know, he's amazing. I'm his, I'm his daughter's really good friend. And maybe he is just being nice. Well, then he set me up with a venture capitalist. And after that meeting, I knew I had something that I needed to move further. Mm. So and it felt you just had that good, like, wow, this is all coming together. You felt like everything was lining up for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes like, you know, um, you know, I had this idea for a couple of years in the, in the back of my head, but sometimes you don't really have the courage until you meet somebody who just gives you a little push. Mm. It's like, you can do this. I mean, this is a great idea or this is a great business idea, not just to innovation, but it's, you know, you can do this and all it takes is one person. It doesn't have to take a patent attorney. It can take anybody to say, you know what? you know, you're right. This isn't crazy. Like I, I think that the, you're really onto something and I know that you can be successful because you have the passion to do it. And so, but, um, a lot of the times it's a lot of research, it's a lot of books and it's a lot of mentorship. 
you know, I, I love, um, you, you, you have a very contagious personality. It seems like you're like, you can put energy into a room and, and I love, and I love that because you're helping people who may feel like they're an imposter. Like, you know, who's going to ever listen to me or who would ever buy this from me or would I, am I even good enough to do that? I just feel like in your, in, as a person, you just come up, you, you're very disarming, um, and I, that's a compliment. So I just want you to know, and, and I like that and I love how, but I can also tell that you're very clear though, with your, with, you know, in your mind, you know, that there are steps and processes and things like that, but you seem to be full of encouragement and you seem very vibrant and, and, and it really seems like people matter a lot to you. Where, 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 what would you say, where's that come from for you? Was it your upbringing? Was there like, what do you do? What do you do to stay on that side of being contagious and elevating and lifting lids off of people? Well, one, I just feel like, um, especially that's kind of why I went towards having a women's business site and a women's innovation site. Um, because sometimes women are so competitive Tim that and Megan, I feel like they're scared um, to to help us move and be successful because there's always this competitiveness. And you know what? And men don't have that. And so I've always wanted to to anybody in my life, no matter if it's a man or a woman, I would if I had information to make them better, no matter if it's parenting suggestions, if they ask if it's um, patent suggestions, if it's business, entrepreneurship, marriage, whatever, I would always give um, my best opinion and my true opinion and not as a competitive note, but as to actually help them. And I think um, I think that um, women helping women really, I mean, we're, we are some of the ones that, that help the next generation grow as long, you know, also with men also, but um, I guess one of my big, big things is to help women as much as possible because, um, um, I don't know what in my, in my upbringing, maybe, um, um, may, I was an only child and maybe that equals my four kids. You know how that kind of, they'll probably only have zero <laughs> or one, but, um, I didn't have any brothers or sisters and I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't come. Um, I came from, um, a very, um, you know, lower to middle class upbringing. And so I had lots of time on my hands because my parents were always working. My mom was working two jobs. And I feel like maybe that was some of it. Like I, like I didn't have tons of entertainment. So I would think of things up and I had really close women relationships. And, um, and I, I don't know, I just always wanted, you know, I've always been very, um, very, uh, toward feminism and, and, equal rights for women in regards to pay and everything. And, um, also when I was working in the corporate world and clinical research and medical, um, I, I noticed some big gaps there in regards to helping women grow up the ladder and the women who were up the ladder had to me had no interest in helping other women. And so I guess that's my, my main goal and passion is to help to help other women grow as much and be as, as successful as possible instead of being so, you know, competitive. And uh, like one of my, um, I did a video on Go Girl Innovation in regards to um, finding out the Institute for Women um, policy search. Four decades ago, there was only 3% of women who owned patents. Hmm. And as of 2010, it only grew to be like 19%. Huh. 
So I think, uh, especially like not only in patents, but women in, in business in general and, and, and either being higher up in the ladder in corporation or owning their own business. I feel um, like right now, especially is, is, is a good time to, to adjust that and to grow. Yeah. And obviously being a, being a female and being an entrepreneur, I love what you're saying. I mean, I think that, uh, Tim and I were at a conference actually earlier this year and Cheryl Sandberg, uh, stood up there and she talked and she gave a great example of uh, us as women in business and even women as mothers and how we talk to our daughters and just the importance of, you know, a little girl isn't bossy. She has executive leadership potential. And when you are a woman who's climbing the ladder, to me, one of the most important things that you can do is you can turn back around, you can reach an arm up and help other women along with you. So uh, I absolutely love what you're saying. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I think the great thing is that to me, uh, being in the business world over the last 15 years, I, I do see that there are some shifts and some changes being made uh, in how we uh, and how women are supporting each other. So I think it's great that you are are a part of that and that you've really embraced that. Um, so, Melissa, as you know, our show is called Uphill Conversations, and we really do believe that uh, everything in life worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. So I would just love to know what is an experience that you might be able to share with our listeners where you faced an uphill challenge? That is a really good question, Megan. Um, let me think. I think as and in regards to an uphill challenge, the, the most, um, I'm thinking, I just want to say this correctly. Um, the most uphill challenge I feel that I have, have dealt with is when is it your time? Like, especially as, as mothers, um, we have to section out times of our lives and it's really hard to, to do it all at one time. But just because we we can't do everything all at one time, because we do have children and we have, and that is one of the most important things in the world is 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 being a mother. That doesn't mean you have to stop living your dream. You can you can carve out little little segments of your time, and and you don't need to to give up your dreams of moving up in the corporate or owning your own business or, or owning or doing an innovation or anything that you dream of. Sometimes you just have to stop and just wait and just make sure it's, it's the correct time, but it doesn't mean you have to give up. Like I know that, you know, there's only a certain amount of time that we can have children, you know, and there's a certain amount of time that you, that you feel that maybe you should be a stay at home or maybe you should be a working mom or what, or whatever you feel. But I think, um, we can do it all. It's just that we have we have to realize that just because we can't do it all at one segment in our life, we I mean we we live a very long time. And I think if we can understand the back of our head that hey, if we wait a couple years, we can still do this and and not just push our dreams to the side. So I think time is a huge uphill battle for for a lot of women, um, and not just women who have children, but even. Um, men 
and um, just humans as as a race. Um, I feel like if we can't do it right now, then sometimes um, they, sometimes it gets pushed and and we don't accomplish it. But if we think of it as in time segments and it, and we can still do it, we just need to make sure it's the correct time to to be able to to move forward with our dreams. And and I I love that because the idea of time I think that that is something that women men um, dads moms we all are trying to balance and uh, something that Tim and I talk about a lot with our clients is when you say yes to something you have to say no to something else so it, there's always a trade off but I like that idea that you can say listen. It's not that you you can't have it all, that you can't have all these things that you want, but you need to remember that that there is time. And so maybe maybe you decide that you're going to move a little bit slower on your entrepreneurial journey so that you can focus more and be more present with your children. And you realize, okay, well, my children are when they're older, I can maybe shift my focus over here. Um, so I think that that I think that that's a, just a great thing. And one of one of my uh, favorite quotes is, "What you do today is important." because you're trading a day of your life for it. So I think that if everybody would think about that and be more intentional about the decisions that they're making and the way that they're spending their time, I think that you would get so much more value out of those things that you are choosing to do, not because you have to, but because you get to. So don't look at things and say, I have to do this. I have to pick up my kids. I have to take my daughter to dance. I have to take my son to soccer. Say, you know what? I get to take my daughter to dance. And I think that if we could just shift that perspective a little bit, it would really change the way that we look at our lives and the way that we look at what is even going to come in our future. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I feel like with all the experiences that you were talking about, like the tasks in regards to children, um, a lot of times, you know, I always think of this, if the, this quote or this saying, something that I read a long time ago, it wasn't a quote, but it's like some saying is like on your gravestone, are you going to write, I wish I would have worked harder for my, for my corporation to move mm -hmm. up. I mean, nobody says that, No. you know, so I think um, being in your life is at the utmost important and it's okay to to move up but don't stop your life for being able for the competitiveness and being able to to, to grow and um cuz you don't you don't have to like you can break it up in in little in little segments that is so good yeah and it, and what i love is you know when you take the time as well and you give yourself those meaningful experiences and um, and you you really embrace those moments. Those are actually the better ingredients for your future and your dream. Um, I think it brings some some settling inside of you as well because you, you you know there's nothing better to I feel to quell some of the angst and and you know our anxieties and some of our stresses. You know, love is a remedy. It is the best thing. I tell people love. If we had more of it in the world, it'd be incredible, number one. But, you know, really getting into, I tell people, love is like batteries in a flashlight. If you don't have the battery, you get no light. And love is the root of everything for me. Love is the killer app. You want to talk about phone apps? Love would be a great one if you could put it on the phone. Maybe people would. Oh, I know it. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be great? There you go. You have to that to me. Well, hey, we need to, there. let's launch it. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
the, the love app. <laughs> yeah, and you can put quotes, you can put all the different stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wouldn't that um, be great? Yeah, and just curate information like that and just love and just just really elevate people. But I just feel like I like the approach in what you said and that, you know, in your answer and that time, because to me, time heals things. Time, time sets you up. It, it's really good. I mean, I don't think we need to, you know, time's not a blank check for us. We have to be intentional, but about it, but man, embrace the time that you're given and enjoy the, the, the 24 hours in your day, you know, and whatever you're doing, if it's 30 minutes with your kid, do the 30 minutes, let it be rich and meaningful because I really believe that those are the, the spices and the ingredients and all the other thing that bake the best thing that you can ever make, or it's, it's going to be, you know, the meal called your life. And, um, we need to be more intentional about it. There's no fast food living. I can tell you that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We only have one life and there is a quote that, um, is my favorite from Eleanor Roosevelt. The purpose of life after all is to live it, to taste experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experiences. So i um, I completely agree. And you guys are absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. You are as well. Well, we have. I have one more question. Best podcast ever, and <laughs> I'm, I'm so honored to to be on Uphill Conversations, and I can't wait to see, um, you know, the next coming years how how amazing you guys are going to grow. Well, thank you. Well, we have one more question for you. What are th- uh-huh. what are three things that you are optimistic about over the next twelve months? They could be personal or professional. Three things that I'm optimistic about. Um, I'm optimistic about, um, uh, of course, um, helping women um, be more entrepreneurs and owning their own business, and um, and um, help them also if they have any innovation ideas. So that's my big, that's my biggest one is, is, um, continuing, you know, to grow my business and I'm optimistic about, um, the future of our country. So let's all give a yay for, for always thinking good thoughts instead of having all this negativity around so much. And the third, um, um, thing, let me see. Mm. Um, one of the things that I, one of the goals that I would like to do is with, um, is to, to start helping not only women, but start helping and put the mind, the mindset into little girls and, and, um, and growing them to know that they can also be CEOs of a company or they can also, um, you know, have this thought of science and math and, and really, um, get, get that out there to the younger generation. Those are great. Those are great. Well, thank you again so much just for spending so much time with us and, uh, continuing to work with us and do this interview, even after some, uh, technological challenges at the beginning of the day. Uh, Melissa, where can our listeners connect with you? How can they find you? Okay. Um, my website, um, is, gogirlinnovation.com and also um, I have a Facebook page and Pinterest and um, and also my email is melissa at gogirlinnovation.com Awesome. Well, you've been great and we're so glad you've been on the show with us. 
Thank you so much, Timothy and Megan, and for everyone at Uphill Conversations. I know it takes, you know, a village for you guys to do this, and and I I so appreciate your time, and um, I hope you guys have um, a wonderful rest of the day. Well, you've been listening to Uphill Conversations. Always remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. Your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and not anyone else. Always remember that your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, you will see me, Megan, and Melissa on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.